you happen to catch up with the Matrix stuff? Um, no, I okay. I watched the first movie and I loved it, mm-hmm. and then I started watching the second movie. Um, yeah, and I was watching it kind of in parts. Like I would watch a half hour here, half hour there, mm-hmm. and a little over halfway through, I maybe it was the mood I was in that day, but I kind of like didn't care. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. Um, so I didn't actually finish the second movie, but I'd be happy to talk about the first one because I thought it was fantastic. Okay, all right, maybe we will if we get to it because I watched the 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 new one. Oh, you did. Okay. Yes. And I might have a lot to say about it. Oh, man. I might. So since you've seen it, because I asked this question last week, um, am I able to jump into this new one if I haven't like seen Um, half half of the second movie and then the entire third one? Oh, uh, you might need to just. mm, I'm sure ah, there's like a YouTube like recap or whatever, because for most people, it's been like well over a decade, you know? Yeah. Um, No, I think you actually do need to see. Okay. The last one. Okay. Because there's just some characters that you're going to be like, who the fuck? Yeah, there were a lot of characters added to the second movie. Yes, they do. They they do that even more in the third one. Um, and then apparently, so so I went down a whole thing. Um, there was lots of Wikipedia. So, <laughs> so apparently, the the video, the PlayStation Two video game Enter the Matrix, um, is like incredibly canon oh wow to the point where it's like the second half of the third movie but wasn't isn't the third movie already the second half of the second movie that was the impression i got (laughs) but this was like the 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 game takes place like at the same time as the third movie um and it seems like so so there are like gaps in the third movie and the game uh like those are just scenes in the game wow. instead. So like they actually like cut out parts of the movie and put them in the game. Oh that's wild. Yeah. Um and it explains some shit that I was really confused about in the third movie. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah. Is, is there like <laughs> is there like some sort of director's cut or something that puts those back in or I don't think so. That's so weird. Yeah, cuz I watched like the like the Blu-ray version or whatever of the third movie, like, you know, like a recent mm-hmm. release of the third movie. So, yeah, cuz like usually video um, game tie-ins are like throwaways. Like I remember there was that Lost uh video game that came out um and it it was technically canon, but um it really isn't meaningful in any way to the story. Yeah, so there were there are cutscenes in the game that were filmed by the Wachowski sisters with the <laughs> with the, with the original actors. Oh, that's that's like cool, but also just why like so bizarre. Yeah, apparently the gameplay is actually like dog shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like not like worth it to you know. Um, but yeah, it's fascinating. Um, I still don't. I still don't think. Because I think it does a disservice to the movie, um, especially because I didn't really like that third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, really fascinating. Uh, and it, it does explain some things that I was confused about. But I had to Wikipedia this after I watched the fourth one. Even that feels a little so bit like, meta oh, okay. because... It does. Because it's like the Matrix itself is this virtual world that's separate from the real world. And yeah, you have to go into a video game to get parts of the story and stuff. Yeah. Cause there were, cause there's some things in the fourth one where I like had to like, okay, this feels like they're doing some in jokes. So I wanted to look some shit up. Um, and then I, I thought somebody might've had a cameo that I wanted to look and see, but there, it, that wasn't the case. So that's what, that's, that's what started it. And then I went down this rabbit hole of looking up matrix video games on Wikipedia. 
Um, so yeah, hmm. strange, strange, strange tie-in. And what's the, um, not, not even a tie-in. What's um, the like Unreal Engine thing that I saw came out recently? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was. Some kind of free Unreal Engine demo. Yeah, I saw it thing. advertised on my Xbox, but I didn't actually like check it out. Uh, yeah, me either. Turns it's out it's, it's uh, a sequel to the, <laughs> the latest movie. Yeah, who, I don't <laughs> who know. Who knows? It could like, be, this, it could be important. It might be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but there was also, so the structure of the Matrix MMO also helped me sort of understand some context for the fourth movie. When was the MMO the, the, from? Like 2003. Oh, wow. Um, like it's not necessary, but it just sort of helped my brain mm-hmm. sort of contextualize some things. Wow. And MMO uh, takes it even further <laughs> in the Matrix world, right? Because yes. that's like almost like you have a life in there and it's, it's pretty interesting. Yes. So, yeah. So I think when you get there, we have to talk about the fourth movie. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to prevent you from getting your thoughts out there today, but Mm -hmm. I do I do plan on seeing it um, because the the tricky thing is it expires from HBO Max in like a week as well. So I need to hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's going to be a window where it's not streaming anywhere so see that, that well that's what happened to me with the other the other movies i didn't know i had this unseen timer where they were not going to be on hulu uh until 2022 <laughs> yeah so. <laughs> but yeah that first uh, one is is um really fantastic it's really good yeah like why did nobody tell me the matrix is so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, um, I don't know if I've seen a, like, blockbuster Hollywood movie that is so, um, like, anti-capitalist mm-hmm. and, and leftist in such a, mm-hmm. such an, like, obvious way. Yeah. Um, cause that's, like, what it is. Like, it's, it's, it's the entire thing is just, like, a takedown of capitalism and, like, the world we live in. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I thought that was really fascinating. And then, like, I was also listening to, I was listening to the Bechdel cast, uh, cause they did an episode recently about, about the original Matrix, and they had on um, Emily uh, Vanderwerf, who is a, a like I think a TV critic and a journalist, and sh- she did a lot of the like writing um, on the Matrix as like an allegory for um, like the trans experience. Mm-hmm. Like that was discussed; it's been discussed for a long time, but she sort of brought it into the mainstream like discourse. Yeah, so that's a really fascinating aspect to it as well, because you can see you can see that like the uh, Wachowski sisters they've they've talked about it and they said that like it wasn't ever a conscious choice for the movie to be like an allegory for um like you know transness mm-hmm. but they definitely um acknowledged that it, it was like there under the surface like if, if it wasn't conscious it was like a subconscious thing sure and it really it like it, it comes through especially like the pill scene like the right. dialogue around the pill scene and stuff like that um so that that was really fascinating too yeah and like on top of that it's just like such an entertaining and well paced and like the the choreography is the fighting choreography is amazing mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah it's just so good it's so good yeah um, it's, it's interesting because like the fourth movie addresses the like those readings oh does it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> so that's like it's just like 
I think I'm struggling in the same way, the same, I'm in the same spot you were last week because mm-hmm. I, I was watching the second film and they've, they've added a lot of characters and they've sort of expanded like the world, like you're seeing Zion and, and, and all the, the way that that functions, but it's like a lot of it isn't really compelling to me. Yeah. I'm still really into the Neo and Trinity relationship. That's like at mm-hmm. the core of everything, but a lot of the stuff surrounding it and, and the plot, to be honest, really isn't that interesting. Right. That it, was, that it, was my my thing i had like such an issue with like the cosmology of everything where i didn't know specifically like where we are like when you're not in the matrix Mm -hmm. you know like okay are we on a planet are we in space like there are these ships you know are we like in a we're in a cave system are we on a planet? Like I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't locate. Like I, I felt like I was just like adrift. Yeah. Um. And then on top of that, hard to... yeah. So there's that, and then on top of it, like they're introducing characters left and right, and you don't know if they're like real people or if they're part of the matrix or what their situation is or their significance of the story. Yeah. It's convoluted. Yeah. It's, it's too and convoluted. It, th- yeah, and that gets worse in the third one, mm-hmm. where now all of a sudden, like they're they're the show basically like those characters and there's more of them and you really don't give a shit yeah and it's unfortunate because there's some really good actors like they brought on um the actor who plays i believe uh, michael from lost yeah um and then there's like uh jada pinkett smith um Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of really good actors and stuff but like also another thing was and i know it's by design like i know it's just how this the people like are in this universe but like the acting is so stiff yes and i know that's intentional but like for some reason it got to me more in the second movie because there is so much like extended like dialogue with like the councils and all this like exposition and stuff and it's like these characters are talking in like monotone voices and their mannerisms are so stiff and it's like ugh, i don't know well because it's like whenever they're in the matrix and they're like all leather clad in these glasses you know and and uh morpheus says free your mind you know it's like it's it's supposed to be like you know like over the top and ridiculous but like you're you're in it you're into it and it's you know in that context it's it's badass yeah but then like whenever like everybody's in rags and you know (laughs) you're in this you're in this cave city and they're just kind of like lore dumping about machines but they're still talking that way Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't it doesn't match it doesn't fit the same way totally so and unfortunately that's like all of the third movie all right uh, so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna get through them i'm gonna finish the second movie i have maybe like an hour to go 45 minutes to go and yeah. then i'll watch the third one and then i'll finally catch up and uh and i guess we can talk about the the fourth one then yeah that sounds good okay do you want that yeah. to be like our movie for next week sure we could do that i mean as long it as you me, like can it keep... saves me it saves me two and a half hours yeah as long as you don't mind like waiting a week to talk about it because i know it's like fresh no, it's fine. fresh for you now but yeah no no i could i could save it that's fine all right all right cool yeah that sounds good uh hey it's a dinner road show oh yeah 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 <laughs> it's been 15 minutes <laughs> um let's just jump into our movie for this week then sure yeah so we're talking um we're talking about paul schrader's the card counter starring oscar isaac and tiffany haddish and uh ty sheridan and and willem dafoe's in there too Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is uh, Paul Schrader's uh, much-anticipated follow-up to First Reformed. Um, 
It's about, uh, well, Oscar Isaac plays this uh, ex-military interrogator slash ex-convict who is now doing like the blackjack and poker circuit. And he runs into uh, this kid played by Ty Sheridan who has a connection to his, his past life. Uh, and so he ends up taking him along on the circuit with him and, and some stuff happens from there. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious, I'm curious what you thought about this one, especially cause you didn't really care for first reforms. Yes, I did not. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the, I'm in the vast minority in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a weird one. This was really weird. Um, so I have to ask at first, was your aspect ratio strange? Um, I, yeah, so it, it, okay. it there were no bar letter boxes on the, you know, top and bottom of the screen, but there were some thin ones on the left and right. So it was like not quite a square aspect ratio, but it was, it filled the okay. screen more than your typical, like, you know, movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the, this felt like it was shot with like 18 different styles. Okay, so I'm glad that you're we're, we're getting we're we're kicking this off with the sort of like aesthetic of the movie because that is something I I struggled with. Um Okay. Because I, it felt to me, well, first of all, it, it this movie had to have been shot during COVID. Yeah. Because there are so many scenes in places that are just empty. Like there's no, there are no people around. Like they're at a bar, like a casino bar, and it's just them two, like the two main characters talking. And that's like every other scene where there's like nobody around. Like it just feels so empty. Um, yeah. And I know like casinos aren't always the most like, you know, eventful places, but like this, this movie felt like so empty. And on top of that, something about the way it was filmed felt very artificial to me. Like I, the entire time I was watching it, I'm, I was conscious of the fact that I was watching a movie. If you know what I mean, like it's. I I felt like I was watching footage. I don't know if I was watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Not like I don't know if at, I quite know the distinction there. Uh, okay, so like at the very beginning, uh, most of the shots are from far away where the camera is completely stationary the camera does not move onto its focus and you don't even necessarily know what the focus of the shot is supposed to be mm-hmm. like it'll be uh just from the corner of a of the the motel room right and then uh, Oscar Isaac walks in and it and the camera doesn't necessarily follow him it's just there it's almost voyeuristic mm-hmm. um almost like uh it's like a security cam. So that's like how the, like a lot of the sh- shots in the beginning of the movie are shot. Um, then there are shots like midway through that are just lots of close-ups, uh, close-ups of hands, close-ups of, uh, objects, things like that. Um, then there are like later on, there's lots of more fluid shots where the camera is moving around a whole lot. Um, and it just felt like all these different contrasting styles where it, 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 it didn't necessarily feel like it was, um, maybe pieced or edited together to be like this cohesive whole so it felt like i was just watching footage rather than a movie so i was conscious of the fact that i would like i was more conscious of the shots more so than if that if that makes sense yeah i get that um yeah i get that too and like i don't know there was such a sameness to all the locations and i know that it's like it's a circuit for like all these different casinos but even so like the way that um i don't know it it was just uh 
it took like characters talking in rooms to like the next level because every room is like the same and there's like no really no differentiating between them and i don't know if that was intentional or not it might have been but then at the same time like there are just shots of a motel room and then we have a character that is turning every motel room into just a white room with sheets covering everything. Mm -hmm. So they literally all look the same. Yeah. Um, then you do have casinos that are all looking the same with slight variations. Um, so like it, it was clear that they were filmed on location. I also got the sense that like there were only like five actors. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 10, maybe 10 max. And then everyone else was like, maybe just maybe like an either, uh, like a really raw extra or like an actual person mm -hmm. like that was like on location. Yeah. So like this movie makes um, like competitive poker seem like the most isolating and like bleak <laughs> experience for that to be your life because it, it does feel like so empty because there really aren't people in this movie as weird as that sounds. Yeah, they're they're just sort of uh, a weird backdrop. Mm hmm. I mean, speaking of, uh, speaking of that, there there was one scene in particular, and and like I didn't know what to make of it, which is where um, two characters are talking at like a bar, uh, and there's a woman, like an employee of the casino, and she's crying over to the side, and the characters like acknowledge her, and one of them asks if she's okay, and then she like turns to them and she's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fucking okay. Like, what what do you think? Like, I'm you know crying right now." But, and then that was it. I had no idea what to make of that. I had no idea either. Because <laughs> they, they no, never I returned was, to her. I thought that was going to be like a turning point of the movie where like something was about to happen. Mm -hmm. And then that that was just a, this weird non sequitur. I'm like, maybe this um, is like a like a, a very, um, maybe this is like an external representation of like something the character's feeling internally that you can't see. But I, I don't, don't even think it was that. I really just didn't know what to make of that scene. It was very strange. No, so, yeah. It, it really made me feel like they were shooting this on location. Yeah. And like all, like everybody was like a real, like all these extras were just like actual employees and shit. And they were just rolling, you know, mm -hmm. like these were like just the takes. And so, um, and the, the only like reason, like I, I also felt this way was, um, it, Tiffany Haddish is one of the, one of the leads uh, and the last movie I saw her in was the Eric Andre prank movie. Oh, wow. Um, which also was uh, where every other character aside from uh, Eric Andre, um, I forget the other star, and then Tiffany Haddish, uh, every other character, quote unquote, was a real person. Um, yeah, because it's like a candid camera prank type of thing mixed into a road movie. Yeah. Um, and that was like the weird sense I also got from this hmm. with all with all of the like extras and background characters, you know, not really characters, but backgrounds people um, in the movie. Um, and but but also speaking of Tiffany Haddish, um, I found her performance like really, really stiff uh, and awkward. Um, and I didn't know quite what to make of it, um, which was odd because uh She's she's a very funny actress and like she killed it in that Eric Andre movie. I know these are very very different movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, they couldn't be different, more different. Um, but she was very very stiff. Um, and it was really jarring compared to Oscar Isaac, who's like doing like this. Um, not necessarily brooding, but like this very uh like demure like blank slate performance of this of this guy who's like. He's literally keeping his cards close to his chest, mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, and she's kind of given like this, like really awkward, stiff kind of reading of these lines. I, um, I just don't know like how well those two characters worked together, not even on like an acting level, but on like a screenplay level. Cause it's like, you have everything that Oscar Isaac's doing. And then she's like trying to relate to him and she's, she's trying yeah. to relate to this guy who is, uh, just like suffering internally <laughs> because of all the, you know, the stuff that he's dealing with. And, um, and then they do end up having like a romantic relationship. And, and even that especially didn't really, didn't, I didn't get it. Didn't make much sense to me. Um, like I didn't really have an issue with her performance as much as I had with like the character dynamic didn't really make a lot of sense. Like for the most part, she's like sort of like bantering with the, with the kid. Right. Yeah. And there's like a back and forth between them and that's like, you know, fine or whatever, but, yeah, it was. It's a strange film. Um, yeah, like so. This movie, like the, the Oscar Isaac's character, he's he's dealing with his complicity in this horrific military interrogation um, that he went to prison we, for. We should we just explain that part because that's not really so. So he was a uh, a U.S. soldier that was involved in the Abu Ghraib uh, te- like uh, interrogation uh, war crimes. So that's his character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so he, he went to, uh, a military prison for that, uh, because they explained that his character was, um, in the photographs that came out of, of the, the Abu Ghraib prison, uh, you know, situation. Uh, so, so he went to prison and they say that his superiors didn't. And so he went to prison for about 10 years. Uh, so that is his character. And so he is, uh, dealing with that. He, he at, at, at the, at the movie, um, for most of the movie, he's out of prison. He's now counting cards and uh, cir- circulating the country as like uh, a small time gambler is his deal. Yeah. And so like I was kind of trying to figure out how um, war crimes and like torture relates to like thematically relates to poker. <laughs> right. Because, they, yeah, they try to explain it in the voiceovers as like. And I guess he tries to explain it to the kid as like it being like reading people. Okay. <laughs> but I don't I don't know if they do the best job of equating the two. Because see, what, what worked so well for me, at least with First Reforms, was it's a movie about um, climate change and, and science versus um, faith, right? And it's there's a lot of like crossover between the two and, and how they sort of interact and contradict with each other. Like that's the whole internal mm-hmm. struggle with the Ethan Hawke character. It's like trying to reconcile like his faith with what's happening in the world around him. And I thought that mixture was really, really smart and handled well but with this movie like structurally this movie has a lot in common with first reform because you have this character who is having this internal struggle with himself and it's sort of manifesting in both his profession and you know what has gone on in the world and and his involvement with that and then you also get like the the voiceover narration and the weird quirks to the character and and the people around him are sort of like helping to provide you know like instead of Amanda Seyfried you have Ty Sheridan for example like the supporting characters Mm -hmm. are sort of like supporting his struggle for the most part so like this you know the screenplay like there's a lot that they the two have in common like that's kind of Paul Schrader's thing right that's what he's good at but yeah. but but with this one like the whole poker and gambling and torture interrogation that like it just none of it really connected in the same way 
Yeah. So the movie just didn't work as well for me as first performed it. I, I don't think it, it worked in general. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like the whole, like the whole scene where, or I guess like the whole, the whole bit where he, he's doing the poker thing basically for this kid to get this kid to like, you know, straighten his life out to go back to college, pay off his college debts and get back to school. Uh, and then he basically forces the kid to do that. And then the kid agrees and then the kid doesn't. Yeah, but I should say like the the scene, like the pivotal scene in the movie where you don't quite know what's going on until it's revealed, like the motivation of Oscar Isaac's character. Because um, like you were saying, his cards are kept close to him. Like you, you kind of, there's a lot, there's like ambiguity for a, a large portion of this movie. And I think a lot of it is to make that reveal impactful. Um, and that, I'm talking about the one in the hotel room with the, the briefcase. Uh, no, that wasn't, no, see this, that didn't work for me. Okay, because I was going to say that's like the one thing that that I did kind of like. No, because he had already explained like multiple times that that was what he was doing the tournaments for. He he explained it to Tiffany Hash's character, but I thought that was more of him like potentially covering for himself. Like I thought the whole time he was saying that, I thought he had a different motive, but it turns out he actually didn't. Yeah, yeah no, I I didn't I didn't think he had anything and it was just the impetus for him like suddenly doing that was that the kid was like yeah i'm not going to vegas Mm -hmm. so then he's like okay well i guess i have to yeah because that's another thing like the kid there was so much meandering with the kid too because he takes him on the circuit with him and then the kid's just kind of there and it's they're kind of just buying time until they get to that moment yeah there was not really much direction there like oscar isaac had a direction because he was like well i'm gonna get to the world series of poker final but then i'm not gonna do it because i don't want the attention Mm -hmm. so like he had a thing but the kid sort of didn't so i guess that would have been the end you know because the kid wasn't sort of rushed things because the kid wasn't really a character he was just there no for oscar isaac's story yeah and i kind of feel like the scene the kid kid yeah had a goal but like he didn't really have a, a, a plan that was fleshed out which oscar isaac did point out to him Mm-hmm. multiple times but he didn't kind of like really step in and say like hey you actually can't do this fucking thing <laughs> he's like every now and then he checks in he's like hey you still thinking about doing that thing yeah it's probably not a good idea yeah um uh what, what else was i gonna say um oh so the scene where they go to the prison where oscar isaac was for 10 years mm-hmm. and then he like wanted to show the kid the prison and then the kid doesn't want to go in and that but then oscar isaac goes in anyway and then we don't see that no you you cut directly to uh him returning to the hotel yeah, well what was that about i have no idea i, I mean maybe uh, there was something cut i guess but then why I, I don't know. Maybe it was there it's to just the, show. It, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Like now that you bring that up, I, I really don't know. Because <laughs> Oscar Isaac was like, yeah, I, I like made an appointment with somebody. I want I wanted you to, to meet or whatever. And it's like, oh, OK, this seems like it's kind of important. Like it's clearly like a scared straight thing. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, well, if Oscar Isaac still goes in, like who the fuck was that? We don't get any of that. Yeah, all that scene all? did was create some tension between the two, between Oscar Isaac and Ty Sheridan's characters. But then that tension kind of went nowhere either. It kind of just like right. it kind of just like died out, and then we moved on. So yeah, yeah, a strange movie, like you said, um, underwhelming for me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, kind of a disappointment. Um, like overall, not not a not a terrible movie. Just just some strange choices going on. Yeah. 
like even at even the end, even the very end, like there's like now this big confrontation with Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. And then they're basically about to have like a climactic battle for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Like these two, these two war criminals. And then we don't even see any of it. We just hear it. So that I actually didn't mind. Um, I do ultimately like where the film landed with uh, with Oscar Isaac's character where like he's not able to forgive himself or over you know move on from this so he's basically finding the the best way to like punish himself right um and the way they frame that scene i thought it was pretty effective because you hear the the them going at it from the other room then eventually he comes out with like these cracked broken fingers and he's like bleeding from the face and you know he calls the police and basically turns himself in um like that all was was pretty cool to me like this definitely wasn't like the last duel right where you're getting an extended like fight sequence um but I wasn't I, I, I I'm to be clear I wasn't looking for like an actual like you know battle to the death sure, even though that sure. was what the even though that was the terms that I Oscar Isaac gave yeah <laughs> And I wasn't like looking for like the gore of them torturing each other, mm-hmm. uh, but like just the way that it was set up to me was like weird to then not show a thing, like especially the way that we actually had to see like Abu Ghraib torture mm-hmm. and then to not even get like the um, I guess maybe the uh, uh, catharsis of seeing him like beat the shit at the very least out of Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I do wonder if that was like a um, like a logistical thing where it's like I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it was stunt people or whatever because this this seemed to be so like very small scale mm-hmm. like on the whole like there were there had to be like less than ten actors. I'm telling you. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I, I I think so. Oh, okay. So this is another weird thing. What was with all the weird Asian racism? Um, what? <laughs> There were like a lot of weird jokes about Asians. Did I, am I forgetting about this or did I just not somehow not pick up on that? I guess you didn't pick up on it because so like whenever the, he's explaining some kind of poker thing to the kid, uh, he was like saying something about, oh yeah, Asian gamblers. Uh, so, so, so there's that line. Um, there's another one. And then whenever Tiffany Haddish's character meets that, um, that, that Asian guy, the heavyset Asian guy that she knows uh, with the kid. And then she, after he walks away, uh, she's explaining how he knows him and then like how he has his nickname or whatever. And then she says like, oh, yeah, he's got more chins than a Chinese phone book. And and then there was like there was like a couple more lines where there were just like weird Asian like stereotype jokes like that oh yeah i guess um i guess i kind of wasn't they, picking up on that that's not good they though. just kind of kept they just kind of kept piling up and i'm like what what's going on here uh-huh because that that's a theme there that's <laughs> i was like what 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 is this yeah i don't know it was really weird and specific mm-hmm. it felt because i was like that was the other thing so like whenever the movie like it started with um it started with like an opening credits thing with uh uh a typeface that looked like it was from the 90s and it was in this weird letterbox thing. And so I'm like, oh, okay, this must be set in like maybe late 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s at the latest. Uh, and then the first scene is him pulling, like driving in like a very modern uh, sedan. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that was off the mark. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then and then they're making like really outdated racial humor i mean like, it was all very i'm not going it was to all very strange yeah i'm not going to attempt to uh 
like excuse that or anything because that's that's really bad. Um, but Paul Schrader is an old dude. <laughs> like he's been making movies since yeah. like the 70s and, and maybe you can kind of attribute some of that. Not that it's okay, obviously, but you can maybe kind of attribute some of that to, to, to just him being him. Um, yeah, I guess. Which again, not was- not excusing that. That's, you know, but uh, like Paul Schrader is, is known, you know, he's basically just one of those guys who rants on Facebook. Um, oh God. That's like, that's who he is. Like that's what people know him for now. So, you know, yeah, it was- it's not good. <laughs> It was very strange. It was like, okay, all right. But then there was only like one Asian person in the movie. And then you're and then you're making a, a, one a fat joke and then an Asian joke on top of it. I was like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really weird. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's this, it's this not strange. good. Well, I, I should really strange. I should mention um, as as much as you know the negative stuff we're saying about this film. One person really loved this movie so much so that uh, they made it their number one film of 2021. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, so, like you know how like certain like filmmakers and, and and you know celebrities will release their list of favorite movies and stuff of the year. Uh-huh. Well, a prominent director uh, came out with his top ten films of the year, and and a lot of the um the usual like the the usual picks. Are there like Memoria and and like uh, Spencer and whatnot, right? Uh-huh. But at number one from this this acclaimed filmmaker is the Card Counter. Do you know who whose list this is? If I read the URL, it's Paul Schrader. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Paul oh. Schrader named the Card Counter his own movie oh. as the number one film of 2021. Oh, huh. so <laughs> at least it has an endorsement from someone. Huh. I just thought that was a, <laughs> an unusual choice there. Um, okay. It's a bold one, a bold choice it for is. sure. It is. I mean, was he being cheeky where he's just like, yeah, go see the card counter? Honestly, I don't know. Like this, <laughs> like the, the distributor, like I forget who distributes this movie, but they basically had to tell him to tone it down on Facebook. Oh, Jesus Christ. During the press, during the press tour and stuff. Like, oh, I don't know. He's, he's certainly a character. But anyway, that was the card counter. Not, I, I can't say I'd recommend it. Um, you're much better off watching First Reforms. Honestly, for as much shit as I gave that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, while while we're in the movie realm, uh, did you see this the uh, David Lynch thing I put in here? Um, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I might have to screen share this or something. So you could see, but, um, hold on. Hopefully this works. Okay. Can you see that? Um, yes. Okay. Pronounce WMM's full username. This idea was born that I would try to pronounce WMM's full username with cinema lovers panties in my mouth. So now, uh, this being dedicated to WMM. Uh, we're going to do just that. So, Cinema, are you ready to go? I'm ready, David. Fantastic, Cinema. I'm really looking forward to this. So, if you could give me your panties now, and we'll okay. get, get going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, Cinema. Here you go, David. Thank you very much. They're still warm. Okay, now... Uh, very warm, as a matter of fact, cinema. Sorry about that. Okay, and now the deal is I'm going to put these panties in my mouth and pronounce 
WMM's full username. Are you ready? There you go, WMM. You saw it here first. And um, thank you very much, Cinema, for taking part in this. You're welcome. These are, I'm going to keep these panties if you don't mind. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, uh, okay. Where do we begin here? <laughs> yeah. So, so, there, so that was a, a video. You don't really need the video to, you, you heard the audio of David Lynch stuffing a pair of panties in his mouth. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know the context. I don't think any context would help explain. Yeah, I mean, I love, um, I love how. So she gets up to, you know, to take to take the panties off, and so the camera, yeah. um, <laughs> the camera, the camera zooms in on Lynch's face in that moment, uh -huh. and so he's just got like this smile, and then you see his eyes turn <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to watch her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, he, he's a gentleman about it. He asks her, you know, every step of the way, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he's a freak. No, I mean, there's, it, there, but like, from, from, uh, there's, there's full consent here. There's, there's full consent. He's like, Hey, d do you mind if I, you know, could have your panties? Like <laughs> put them in my mouth. So this was, so apparently he used to have a website where like you could uh pay to be like a member or whatever and he would just do live streams and shit like that so he was like the original twitch stream basically yeah and so did somebody like donate and this was their request i'm assuming so uh, apparently uh there was also a message board on the website and uh and he was also heavily involved on this message board where there was some kind of um either bet or wager or whatever where the, like because he, he was he was reading out somebody's username and it was basically like oh yeah I, I bet you can't read my username with your with panties in your mouth or something i don't something like that something along those lines and so then he's like okay i'll just do it yeah so but then cinema lover who's in there with the room with him like cinema lover that's a yeah. screen name so i'm assuming that she's on right. the message boards as well but how did she end up yeah. in the room with david lynch Probably because she's a young, attractive woman. Okay. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's beautiful cinema. <laughs> I'm going to keep these. <laughs> I mean. They're, they're very warm. And she apologized. <laughs> yes, she apologizes for them being warm. <laughs> I don't think he was upset. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh man, uh, a true, uh, a true treasure, David Lynch. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have a bigger story here, but um, maybe you want to do the dating is dead first. So I, yeah, I just had a quick dating is dead. Um, something that I'm sure most people have seen from this week. Um, so Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly have been in a relationship since uh, 2020. Have they? They have. Um, okay. <laughs> And sure. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so, you know, every now and then you'll hear something about them. Uh, well, they it turns out they've just gotten engaged. And uh, there's a detail in, in this that, that caught my eye here. Uh, so there's an Instagram post from Megan Fox where she announced this. So I just kind of want to read it. Um, uh-huh. So the post says, in July 2020, we sat under this banyan tree. Uh, we asked for magic. We were oblivious to the pain we would face together in such a short, fr- frenetic period of time, unaware of the work and sacrifices the relationship would require from us, but intoxicated off of the love and the karma. Somehow, a year and a half later, having walked through hell together and having laughed more than I ever imagined possible, he asked me to marry him. And just as in every lifetime before this one, as, and as in every lifetime that will follow it, I said yes. And then we drank each other's blood. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I give it about a year. Do you? Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over on this one. <laughs> I think they are a good match. <laughs> I give it a year. <laughs> yeah, so that that was the, the the detail that you know made a lot of headlines this week was that they drank each other's blood uh, to sort of uh, you know symbolize their engagements. Yeah, I mean, ugh, you know. He's probably got hepatitis, right? <laughs> well, you know, so I mean, it's kind of appropriate because the first time that they were publicly like seen together was during. Um, so she was in like one of his music videos and the song title uh, is Bloody Valentine. Oh, sure. So yeah, this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. kind of feels like um, this kind of feels like, you know, just like a a, a brand type of, of move here, you know, like some marketing. So was this full on vampire like they went for the neck? Or did they like... I haven't seen it. I just like to picture they had like two cocktail glasses and they just sort of yeah. like did a toast and they, they just sort of... But how you how, how you how are you uh, exsanguinating? How are you just a, getting in there? Just a, a cut, you know, a small cut and you okay. let it drip. Huh. Now, do you think Machine Gun Kelly's wedding is going to be a shotgun wedding? Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. Uh, I guess it depends on if... Is, is Megan Fox, is her father still around? You know, I guess that's the real test. Wait, wait, what is her? Wait, am I misunderstanding what a shotgun wedding is? Yeah. Well, a shotgun wedding is when the bride is pregnant. Yeah. And so the father is there with a shotgun, making sure the, the groom stays to marry the Oh, daughter. is that? Okay. That's where that came from. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Unless I misunderstand. No, that makes sense. Definitely a product yeah. of the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. Of course. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, I thought that was interesting. Um, I mean, it, it, it seems on brand for them. Uh, they seem happy together, though. So that's that's great. Uh, is it happiness? It just seems like they're sort of uh, trying to sell Hot Topic merch or something. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it seems, I don't know, it seems like created in a brand mm-hmm. vat to me. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, so that was this week's Dating is Dead. <laughs> Oh. Uh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I went back into the uh, the uh, I don't know the cesspit. I don't I don't know what to call it. Uh, okay. So I got a few, just a few. Um, while we're here. Now, by the way, this was uh, the sort of the version of the segment that got you in trouble the first time. <laughs> oh, who gives a fuck? That was right. not why I stopped doing it. I just haven't been on the sites. Uh, all right. So this first one, uh, the self summary is. I could literally put anything here and I would still get dozens of messages a day from dudes asking for sexy time. I eat out of the garbage. I haven't showered in weeks. I keep my surgically removed ingrown toenail in a jar by my bed. You turned on? You like that? You people are animals. I need a drink. That's fantastic. (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) 
I'd be curious how many respond. I'm sure that got a lot of responses. You know? I, I would be probably dudes well. that think that um, they think they're like being ironic by responding, but they're sure, actually like yeah, serious. Yeah. Um, okay, this is next one's a long one. Uh, here for some chit chat. I have ton of questions. LOL. We can talk about anything anyway. Do people really enjoy their Corona? Nah, I'm not talking about that Corona. I'm talking about another one. Is it like a curse from Corona that the real shit of Corona is, has ruining our lives? Y'all confused? Yeah, me too. NGL, both Coronas are shit though. A bit of a disclaimer here, I'm not like your typical bitches. I don't walk around with an inch thick of makeup covering my pores, tight clothes, five inches of heels, and wavy bright colored hair. I'm more of a homie girl and willing to cook you some good creamy mac and cheese, or do you want some cupcakes? <laughs> Cupcake emoji question mark. I didn't mean to be salty, I'm just lowering your expectations of me. Please know the difference, prayer hands emoji. <laughs> I had a stroke in the first yeah, half of that. Um, then the mac and cheese really grabbed my attention. Yeah. Well, they're not like no, typical no, no. bitches, you see. So creamy mac and cheese and uh, cupcakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still don't know what corona they're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, the only coronas I know are the virus and the beer, right? Yeah. So, and I don't know who has it out for the beer that, <laughs> that badly. I don't know. So. so They're talking about some kind of, they're talking about some kind of curse. I don't know. I'm sure this person will get a bunch of responses uh, from dudes. You think? Yeah. Just because I'm mm -hmm. not like other bitches. Mm. Uh, 25, reading enthusiast, financier, grad student, podcast host, self-proclaimed intellect, always laughing, old soul that hates Instagram and doesn't post on it, prefers calls over texts, not into guys that are social media obsessed or follow unrealistic people with distorted beauty standards, very much into men that are masculine and know themselves and what they want from life, looking for a partner I can, looking for a partner I can buy my own dinner slash drink. Middle Eastern looking from an Italian background, but I'm white and American born. Family is everything. Do not message me if you have a lot of tattoos, you are over the age of 35, you aren't vaccinated, you have children, or you are liberal. There are no exceptions. This is my private life and my standards. <laughs> so for a minute there, it sounded like one of those, um, <laughs> one of those like, uh, ads for medication where it's like, do not take this medication if you are over the age of 35 and unvaccinated. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's a lot Middle here. Eastern looking, but they're white. <laughs> I'm glad that you picked up on this. Too. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yes, yes. <laughs> like, why would you? Oh my God! Yes, I don't. Know. I don't know why you'd say that. I don't know why you'd ever say that. Yeah, I look Middle Eastern, but I'm not. Okay, Thanks for clarifying. all right. Yeah, just so you know, I'm definitely white. Don't profile me. Do not profile oh me. God. It's An like American the... born. I'm American. <sighs> <laughs> no liberals. <laughs> Masculine men only. <laughs> All right. Now dating is dead is over. <sighs> All right. I got this big one here. Um, are you familiar with Shen Yun? I am not. Okay. So maybe it's a little less um, proliferated out here. Uh, the ads, I mean. Um or maybe uh, you're under a rock. I don't know, but I don't go outside out here either, so I haven't seen them. Um, but out in Pittsburgh, there's f ads fucking plastered everywhere. So Shen Yun is a uh, dance performance that tours the country. Um, from my research, there are about seven different troops that uh, concurrently tour. And they go to uh, all the major cities around the U.S. Uh, usually they hit big around the holidays, um, but it seems like they tour uh, like winter and spring uh, 
and um, they whenever they're in season, they plaster whatever city they're in with billboard ads, posters, maybe even local TV ads with Shenyun, Shenyun, Shenyun. Um, they will uh, flood restaurants with flyers. They will send mailers. They will inundate whatever city they're currently going to be in with advertisements. Um, and their advertisements have gotten more brazen. Now their advertisements blatantly say, uh, see China before communism. So people see the ads. They don't know what the hell it is. Some people go to the performance. You know, they don't know what it is. Behind the dance performance is a cult. Uh, the cult is called uh, Falun Gong or uh, also known as Falun Dafa. They are an ultra-conservative cult uh, that was originally based in China, uh, but now they are based uh, in upstate New York. Uh, they have a headquarters called Dragon Springs. Um, and if people go to the performance, uh, a, lot of, a lot of old people go, you know, because that's sort of like the target audience is like older people because uh, th- that's just who they're kind of targeting. It's like this uh, dancey kind of, um, you mm-hmm. know, performance thing. Uh but it's a very strange performance uh, because it shows the uh, the supposed persecution of the Falun Gong adherents uh, by the um, the Chinese government and also by gay people. Uh, the, uh, it um, they proclaim the um, the uh, the evilness of atheism and uh, evolution uh, in the performance. Um, and at a certain point, uh, th- during the performance, uh, th- they showcase images on a screen behind the dancers, um, and like a gigantic Chairman Mao pops out of the clouds with like evil red eyes. Um, and then later on, there's like a tsunami wave with a gigantic Karl Marx head that pops out. Um, so it's just this very strange, surreal performance mixed in with dance. Um, so, and they're backed by this cult and then the performance is a way to um sort of proliferate their beliefs this anti-communist beliefs mm-hmm. uh, they have these very conservative beliefs uh anti-atheist anti-evolution um uh anti-homosexuality uh so the Falun Dafa they're pretty freaking weird um and it's hard to get a read on them because they are locked in basically a propaganda war with the Chinese government um, so you really can't necessarily trust right. word of what the Chinese government says about them. And you definitely can't trust the word that this cult says yeah. <laughs> about themselves or the Chinese government. Um, so it's, it's pretty hard to get a read on them. Like even reading their Wikipedia page, I can tell that it has been, um, heavily, uh, skewed to favor the cult mm-hmm. just based off of the information that is here. Um, for example, uh, the Falun Gong claim that uh, the Chinese government has persecuted them to such a degree that uh, their members uh, are rounded up uh, and put in prisons uh, for their organs to be harvested. Um, and they claim that uh, millions of their members have been captured and had their organs harvested. Um, but there is very little evidence of that happening. Meanwhile, like the Wikipedia page is like full on about that information. Um, but there there is not that much information about that actually happening. Um, but in 2001, I believe. Uh, so so uh, so the, the this this religious movement, this this cult is banned in China. The CCP has completely banned them from 
um, happening in China, which is why they moved to upstate New York. Um, but in 2001, uh, members of the Falun Gong uh, set themselves on fire uh, in Tiananmen Square um, as some either as some form of protest or uh, for, it's it's unclear why they did it. Oh, you think if you're going to do something like that, you'd really want to make it clear <laughs> your purpose behind it. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it. Yeah, it, it, it was unclear. Um, and uh, Falun Gong, they, they try to hide that information that any of their members had ever done that. Um, going so far as to uh, threaten lawsuits and, uh, you know, uh, DMCA takedowns. Blah, 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 in order to try to keep that information uh, hidden, um, even though it did happen. Um, so they have some really weird beliefs. Uh, they, they, they position themselves as um, a sort of uh, like Buddhist meditation um, mm-hmm. system. Uh, and so that's sort of how like their outward facing uh, beliefs. It, they, they claim that it's a combination of Taoism and Buddhism. They claim that... Um, Karma is this negative uh, aspect to the self and that uh, a way to lessen the amount of karma that you possess uh, is through suffering. Um, And so they don't allow their members to uh, take medicine when they're sick in order for them to suffer and lessen the amount of karma that they have. Um, They also believe that uh, aliens are attacking the like human soul (laughs) for... For some reason, maybe they're looking at those uh, U.S. government documents. Yeah, that aliens are attacking the soul in order to, um, uh, oh yeah, they're attempting to control the human soul to make them depend on oh, science because they're they're very anti-science, or at least modern science. Um, yeah, uh, they also said that uh, it's uh, God's plan to eliminate the gay population. I, don't know, I mean, that's I don't know if God's plan is working too well because the. <laughs> Like the as the generations go on, like they just become more and more gay. So I don't know if that's really working. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they say that they're not racist, but their teachings say that uh, there are basically separate heavens for each race, um, and that so it's it's uh, a really bad idea for uh, relationships between the races. But they're not racist. Uh, <laughs> No, but they're not racist. Um, yeah, the homosexuality and promiscuity is unnatural. Um, let's see what else. Um, so the other big thing, and you may you may be familiar with this. Uh, do you know? Have you heard of like the news outlet, the newspaper, the the Epoch Times? Uh, E-P-O-C-H? I have not. P O C H. No. Um, I guess I am okay, living well, under it, that it, rock. Okay. Well, it is an ultra conservative, far right news outlet. Um. And it is backed by the Falun Gong cult of course. Uh, and is based in New York City. Um, and they spent two million dollars in 2019 on pro-Trump Facebook ads. Uh, mm-hmm. They have promoted QAnon and anti-vaccine information. Um, and they also promote Shen Yun and, you know, other Falun Gong associated things. Uh, but they're an incredibly far-right source of disinformation. Um, and most people do not know that they are backed by this bizarro cult. They just see them as a very conservative. Most people think they're a conservative Christian news source. Um, oh, wow. 
So this Shen Yun, like the, the performances, the, the tours that mm-hmm. they go on, are these like major venues that they're playing? Yeah, they play major theaters. Well, I mean, yeah. How the theater organizers like do, do they not are they not aware like what's like how could they allow a performance like this to so I think that people I think that uh just based off of the inundated advertising um and its uh positioning mm-hmm. as just a dance performance I think that it sells um right. this is just what I'm thinking either that or they pay the theaters okay. for the space. Yeah, so if the money's there, they can do it. That's just kind of what it comes down to, yeah. Yeah, just based off of the fact that they can pay for all of this advertising. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know that for sure. That's just what I'm thinking. But if you look at reviews for the performance, people are just like, oh, yeah, the dancing was great. <laughs> uh, it got weird, but... Yeah, you just kind of like, it was pretty you good. know, skip over the... <laughs> the the Karl Marx tsunami. Yeah, like that, that, like that's what reviews are. Like it, it is so hard wow. to find information like backing this. Um, and so the uh, the other problem is that um, Western governments have bought into the idea that uh, that this is a persecuted religious group. Uh, and uh, like a few months ago, the the State Department put out a thing saying that they so and so 20 years ago, uh, the Chinese government um, persecuted the Falun Gong and we stand oh, with no. freedom of religion or whatever, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. Uh, so basically they're using, so they've been able to gain sympathy um, because people are against the Chinese government for valid reasons, but they're sort of miss, missing the mark about who the actual like victim is. And they're, they're, they're treating this organization, cult, whatever, as like a victim of that when they're really not. Yes. Which is quite a position to yeah. have there. I mean, <laughs> God. Yes. Yeah. And also the fact that... Uh, this cult backs conservative right, uh, movements right. in the United States. So, um, so they've been they've been successful strategically here. They uh, know how to get in with the, you know, <laughs> with the ideologies and and the people that that are going to allow them to uh, to flourish. Wow, that is that is fascinating. Yeah the the other the other thing that is really funny is that uh, they they claim that the the dance performance is this return to classical Chinese dance that you can't even see in China anymore because they banned the practice or whatever the hell. Um, but it's apparently just ballet. <laughs> and uh, then they claim that uh, like this ancient Chinese dance actually is what influenced ballet. Um, and that's just not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there, uh, I was reading this piece from The New Yorker um, and it, they speak with basically a, a Chinese dance expert. Um, and uh, so there there are uh, Chinese classical dance um, is actually a modern creation that go, only goes back to like the 50s. Mm-hmm. And what what the Shen Yun performance is doing is just straight up ballet, you know, um, that they're just claiming is some kind of classical dance from 5000 years well, ago. I see I see why they fit in so well with the ultra conservatives because they can just claim something as their own without any basis for it. Making shit up, yeah. Yes, they're just they're just making shit up and claiming and and uh you know like fucking Americans over here are just like, "Oh yeah, it's, it, this is classical Chinese dance. Of course it is." Which by but, the way, I know, you know we're going to talk about the Matrix next week, but <laughs> I just recently learned that the right wing has like taken the, the red uh, pill red pill oh, where has you like been? oh i know i'm, I'm completely <laughs> out of the loop when it comes to that, this kind of stuff but like 
That is so wild to me because the Matrix is, with in its ideology, is so deeply yeah. progressive. Mm-hmm. And for them to have like turned that around with their backwards logic and taken the red pill and adopted that as like some symbol yeah. for themselves, yeah, something is created just by absurd. two trans women, most mm-hmm. likely about the trans experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is about oh no, actually how liberal bad, ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the other thing that is really funny about this is that uh, their whole claims of like, oh, yes, yeah, see China how it was 5000 years ago or like see China before communism ruined it um, is like really strange, too, because uh, even even um, like Chinese people or you know, and I'm not, I'm not an expert on Chinese history by any stretch of the imagination. Don't get me wrong. Well, nobody's come um, to this podcast for expert opinion. <laughs> but so uh, even fine. even Chinese people that are uh, vehemently against uh, communist rule, um, mm-hmm. like the, I, I forget what it's called, but it's like the it's like the dark period of like Chinese history was um, like during the time period that they're claiming is like this wonderful, beautiful uh, period of song and dance before communism happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the so way, that's not not real communism. Like real communism no, never actually no, happened right. in China. Yeah, so. no, it's 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 fucking capitalist. Actually, mm-hmm. it's just a capitalist dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, the fact that they're claiming this, you know, is some kind of beautiful period or whatever. Uh, like the time period they're talking about was actually whenever uh, China was basically under imperialist rule of from England and Japan and like all these other foreign powers that were like taking and picking away at it um so it's it's seen as like a period of like great shame to a lot of chinese people Mm -hmm. uh, even those that are completely against you know the communist party uh so it's just very very strange that they're positioning it like this it's just like totally made up history the the dance is completely made up uh it's just it's just yeah it's just all bullshit um, well, it kind of mirrors the "Make America Great Again," yeah, isn't it? Yeah, trying to go yeah. back to this this time when there was even greater oppression and, and yeah. uh, racism um, and supremacy yeah, I, and all that. So, so. so what what prompted this was uh, I over over Christmas when I was in Pittsburgh. I of course every year you see the uh, ads, but this year especially, like there were so many billboards. Every billboard was Shen Yun, Shen Yun, Shen Yun. It was so strange and creepy. And this year. They were doing the China before communism was the thing. And I was like, what? What does that even mean? Like, what? Okay, cool. And I just thought that they were trying to appeal to the Pittsburgh demographic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but then I like saw this thread on Twitter that was like, oh, yeah, I just learned that Shen Yun was, is backed by a weird religious cult. And I was like, oh, God, I got to look into that. Oh, man. And so, yeah. And <laughs> there's the rabbit hole. Um, so now you know. You know, we have good uses for billboards, like find Malika wife. Right. And we have yeah. uses like this that um, are very harmful. Uh, what else have we got? Are they playing in New Jersey? I assume so. <laughs> um, I haven't, I haven't they looked at their, the NJ uh, pack? Their, their tour dates. <laughs> Probably. Uh, they're anti-vaccine, so I assume they don't give a fuck about anything going on. Oh, maybe they're, uh, maybe they'll go on tour in support of Eric Clapton. Uh, hey, that, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, actually, no, he's racist as shit, so he probably wants nothing to do with them. Um, it's hard to tell that, you know, these oh, people, it's so none confused. of their beliefs like are it, you can't, you can't, like you try to grasp like a through line and then you just, they take like this random left turn and you're like, oh, can't keep up with these people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right. You probably saw the, the, the Pokemon Go cops, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was really funny. Uh, so people probably saw a story, two cops, LAPD cops, 
uh, got fired for playing Pokemon Co. Uh, whenever they were called to um, a robbery because uh, they were trying to catch a Snorlax. Um, the the really funny thing is that uh, their defense was that they denied to be playing the game. They claimed that they were um, monitoring a Pokemon tracker <laughs> application and not the game specifically. Uh, and they said that they were capturing an image of the Pokemon and trying to share it with friends uh, and trying to relay, quote, relay that information to the groups on my well, You don't app. understand. There was, a, there was a warrant out for this Pokemon's arrest. And so they were just called to action. Uh, said they were not engaged in a game. Rather, it was a, quote, social media event. Dude, that does not make it. <laughs> You're any just like better changing the any fucking stretch. Um, the semantic, like the, nothing about, yeah, nothing about that makes it better. Uh, they admitted leaving their footbeat area in search of Snorlax, but they insisted they did so uh, both as part of a quote extra patrol and to quote <laughs> chase this mythical creature. Do we know if they found Snorlax? <laughs> they did. They did find Snorlax. They got him. They got him. Where they they did find okay okay now I mean when I when I saw this story honestly and I saw they were fired I I, I kind of disagree <laughs> with that outcome I kind of feel like these cops should be promoted because this is like this is like the a least cop, a cop has ever been <laughs> news story involving uh, yeah involving police and I but, think that but should they be were celebrated. ignoring a crime in progress. But what if? But what if that crime wasn't really a crime, and then then ju- them just getting there would have just caused more problems? So I think they are better could, yeah. off playing but video games. Yeah. I really yeah. do. I counterpoint: fire all the cops. Oh sure, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think if we took the entire police force and got them addicted to mobile games. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 And then just sort of implemented a community <laughs> solution. Yeah. And I guess we could, I mean, you know, if we have to make sacrifices, we can keep paying those cops to play the video games. Mm, if we have to, mm, if we have mm, to, at least mm, they're not killing people for no yeah, reason. Yeah. You know? This is true. But yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I like the story. Yeah, I just, the deflection away, it's like, no, I wasn't playing the game. It was a social media event. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you, I'm not too familiar with like the Pokemon, like the Pokédex or anything. Is there a Pokemon equivalent of a pig? There's gotta oh, there's be. There's gotta right? be. Yeah. There's thousands yeah. of these suckers now. Yeah. There's the, what 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 was the like the 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 pink one the um the 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 shit I don't know abort I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember. But yeah, more more cops neglecting their duties yeah. for harmless activities is fine with me. Yeah. Uh... Oh this yeah, TikTok I saw this. Um, this is from uh, someone I follow on TikTok, uh, Slowpuke. And I feel like I feel like. Well, yeah, she's also a Twitch streamer. The show. Um, maybe on the show. You know, I think I might have mentioned something. Um, was it the Wendy Williams? Did we talk about Wendy Williams? Because she has a. Well, she used maybe? to do this. There was like one day a week. I don't know if it was like Wendy Wednesdays or something, where she would just watch YouTube clips of Wendy Williams. No, oh no, does she do? Does she do uh, an impression of somebody? I think yeah, I've no, seen... she's, she's made TikToks that are like yeah, yeah, yeah. Do an impression, like impression of somebody. Um, but yeah, no, I saw this one and I was curious if this if we're like coming a little too close to this here. Um, you'll you'll see what okay. I mean some of you um you're not good at podcasts you're not interesting 
um, and you don't need one. You can just call your friends. Um, every single day I scroll through TikTok and I see these small podcast accounts who post their clips and their highlights are just shit like this. Dude, yeah, because girls, like, they can be, like, hot. No, dude, like, for real. Yeah, like, they have something that I don't think guys have in which I don't think guys are hot. But girls, like, they have that. Like, they're hot. No, totally. Like, it's just, it's just one thing that girls have better than us, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, what else have I got? Um, have you heard about this, like, COVID thing? Oh, dude, yeah, it's crazy. So many people are getting sick. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are getting sick. Uh, my brother got it. Oh, dude, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, um, what are you, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, nothing. Uh, drinking a bit. Hanging out. Might play some 2K. Was there, was there like a, was there a new 2K update or something? No. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna play it. Sick. Um, don't forget that you can donate uh, $10 a month to us to support our creative endeavors. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, so here, here's what we're going to do. Here's uh -huh. what we're going to do. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to, we're uh -huh. going to take some notes. We're going to take some notes right now. Here's what we're going to do. No more NHL. All right. That's number one. That's number one. <laughs> That's number one. But there was an All update. Right? There no, was an on, update the last time. No, I don't. No, 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 no. Okay. No more COVID. But, All right, that's but number Omicron. Two. Do you nope. see how fast nope. it's spreading? Nope. Nope. Did you hear about All how right. they're checking All the right. sewers? I don't <laughs> even know what that means. So, no, because I saw this thing, because um, you know how there's, like, contact tracing? And I know we're about to talk about COVID, so I'm, like, ruining this whole God thing. God damn it. God damn it. Do you know how, like, the contact tracing in the U.S. is, like, non-existent? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one solution that, uh, I guess, like, scientists have is that they check for contents of COVID in the sewers of, like, major cities and stuff. And with the piss test? Well, yeah, so what that does is it, it actually allows you to see... Send us tests. Send us tests. No, a hundred percent. I'm just saying, like, Send us <laughs> it's no. So don't 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 stick the tests <laughs> in the sewer. They'll do everything but help us. Yeah, but they'll do. Everything I thought but it was kind us. of interesting though because the sewers, like that, because there's no contact tracing, the sewers actually allow you to see the trends of spread quicker than any other sort of statistic. And so, like, the sewage tests are showing that Omicron, Omicron, Omicron has reached its peak and is on a decline in Boston. Okay. By the way, this is this is coming sure. out of Boston. Uh huh. All right. Okay, what what else what else what else? Um um well we don't we don't we don't have a Patreon or any of that shit. Yeah, so we're not we asking we don't for that. money, so we don't ask for money, so we got that covered. Mm -hmm. Uh 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 we don't really talk about girl well mm, shit. Uh, mm. Mm, uh fuck. God damn it. It's a little close to home, doesn't it? Ah fuck. You just call, just your, call friends. your friends. God damn it. Shit. Well, uh yeah. this is our last episode. Uh <laughs> Be sure to check out the PayPal. Give me five dollars. We'll post the Venmo link in the description. So, uh, what are you what are you doing this weekend? Fuck. Who else is talking about Shen Yun? I mean, I've like, never heard of it, so I feel, I feel like, like that's we're, some content. Yeah, that is for sure. God damn it! And I'll cut down on the NHL. Uh, yeah, and no more.
14. There we go. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> See, this is the problem. You're not on TikTok, so you 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 don't know like how to navigate how to navigate things. Like you have to be on TikTok because no, that's where you no, learn. I, no, I know learn. the stereotypes. There was that meme a few months ago. It was, it was the podcaster boyfriend and e-girl girlfriend girlfriend thing. Mm -hmm. So I know the stereotypes. Well, yeah, no. There's the whole was... every. There's the whole every white dude has a podcast thing, which I yeah, feel is pretty. It pretty is, valid. but I <laughs> thought I was more appropriately navigating. That's what everybody. Thinks. I know. I know. It's no nobody's making a podcast, and they they think that they're. <laughs> I know. They're they're, they're uh, contributing Fuck. to the stereotype. Yeah. But I no, but we are equipment. more. We're more substantial. Yeah. This is like the Millhouse. My yeah. mom says I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, your certain certain family members have something else to say about your show. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. <laughs> we don't want to use that uh, use that excuse. But um, anyway, that's not true. to completely derail or, or cancel the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think this was maybe this was that bad card flip we had oh, yeah, last yeah. week. I mean, how long ago was it that you said you had big plans for this year? Was that like two weeks ago? Yes. Yes. They're they're cooking. They're cooking. I've. The problem is, is that I was backlogged on the editing. Right. So anything um, I, I did, I did put in at the last second because I'm, I'm watching uh, cheer on Netflix season oh, okay. two. Um, yeah. I feel like with everybody else in the world, because it's, it's currently at number one mm. on the top 10. Um, did you, have you seen? No, no. This? Yes. This is a docuseries. The first season came out in January of 2020 and it's about um, a competitive cheerleading uh, team. Uh, Navarro college. They're like one of the best schools in the country when it comes mm -hmm. to cheerleading. And so this documentary series is following them as they try to, to win a, a national yeah. championship and um i i found it to be extremely compelling that that first season uh because it's it's such a it's such an intense um sport and and just like the amount of dedication that goes into doing it at the collegiate level like it was such a great portrait of like perseverance and like sacrifice and it was also just like a really great look at like kids navigating like that time in mm -hmm. life too um just a really really compelling and and, and um, really interesting documentary series. And so that that happened like two years ago, right? I did not expect there to be another mm -hmm. season of well, this. Well, Netflix has to do two seasons. It's true. Um, two seasons. Yeah. And, it's over. And, and I was especially surprised because uh, sometime last year, um, there was the news stories about one of the cheerleaders, one of the male cheerleaders on the team has been convicted of uh, child pornography charges. Like there was that whole that whole deal. OK. Yeah. He was like, but this is high, this is high school. No college. So oh, I believe oh, he was okay. like texting photos with like a, a, a child, so like a younger oh. kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So that happened. That was a big like news story for a while. And I did not expect there to be another season of the show. I just figured, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of the people have probably like graduated and moved on and whatnot. Um, but no, they are back for another season. I really didn't know what to expect from it. Um, so it came out this week and I just I watched the first episode last night. Mm -hmm. And it is truly fascinating because like there's so much going on because you have it picks up basically um, two weeks after the Netflix, the first season came out. Right. So these kids. Mm -hmm are instant celebrities 
Um, and so it's dealing with them going on like these, this wild like press tour where they're like basically saying yes to every outlet that will cover them. Um, they're also training for the upcoming championships. They're dealing with personal issues. There's the foreshadowing of the, um, uh, the child porn scandal. Um, which I should say the show addresses that right off the bat. Like it starts out in present day and then, and then backtracks. So it does address those things right at the start and then goes back in time to, to tell the whole story. Mm. Um, so it's doing all that. And then on top of that, it's covering this, the Navarro, uh, their rivals, uh, Trinity College, who were on, on the periphery of season one, but were never the focus. They were like their, their biggest competition in the national championships. So it's covering those, uh, athletes and coaches as well well and giving them a lot of screen time and there's a really fascinating like contrast between like coaching philosophies and um strategies b- between the navarro coach and the trinity coach so like it's a very interesting like dynamic there um and then on top of that this starts out january 2020 so like mm-hmm. covid's about to hit <laughs> So mm-hmm. it's the storm of just all this stuff happening surrounding the school and its team. Um, and it's just so compelling. Like I just, I've been struggling with like, just like my attention lately and just like keeping up with like TV and watching things, even yeah. stuff that's like really, really good. Um, my like attention span just hasn't been there, but like I'm glued to the screen. You got TikTok brain. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, like I'm just like glued to the screen. Like I, this show is so riveting. I, mm. I, I like it so much. Um, mm-hmm. Highly recommend. If you're not already watching it, uh, cheer. Mm, interesting. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like it's like dealing with the effects of the first season, the effects that that had on the people involved, which is pretty interesting yeah. route for a documentary to go down. You know. But yeah, that's that's about that's all I had. <laughs> I threw that in at the last <laughs> second because I wanted to. Just I think about it. this is the first time in a good while we have finished the notes oh. completely. What do you cool. What do you cool, think cool. about that? That's pretty. Uh, that's um, something. That is something. <laughs> I'm I'm now incredibly self conscious. Oh yeah yeah. Well, now you're like me every time, every time I turn on the mic to do this. Oh, God damn it. Uh, remember, remember that old, uh, like, like emo stereotype or whatever, uh, from festivals. It was two dudes in a MacBook. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just two dudes in a podcast. Yeah. That's the 2022 version of that. That's the, oh, that's the decades version of that. Shit. Well, I mean, somebody's listening to this fucking thing. Or so I've heard. I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know who the hell you are. You're out there. I want to believe. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's crazy, really, because there's, there's more stuff to, to, to do to consume than ever <laughs> in the history of everything. And then for some reason, uh-huh. a select number of people are choosing, yeah. are choosing this, which, like, I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even choose this. <laughs> but see, that's the, the, the problem is, is that I would, otherwise, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do this. You know, right? So maybe there's a problem. Right. Maybe there's a problem with me. If, yeah, if you, if you if you wouldn't, then maybe we should have just something. <laughs> no, I'm I'm like mostly I'm mostly kidding. Um, no, because the, the podcast talking about this, like film and like weird cults and stuff. Like, sure, yeah, I'd listen to that. I just wouldn't listen to me doing it. It's the problem. But I'm not the target audience because I, right? I mean, how could I be the target audience if I'm doing Hypothetically, if you had a clone. No? No. No. I listened probably to the past iteration where you had a different coast. Yeah. But you didn't. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Well, I've been more into podcasts lately, like the past few months. 
So yeah. I feel like now yeah. I would because I listen to a lot more. <laughs> so I'm going to use that. I'm going to say that. <laughs> so uh, what are you up to this weekend? <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And I, I really do mean that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, especially if you listen to the fucking end of these things. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Denner Road. Check out the Facebook, facebook.com slash TV. Because Facebook, you can put podcasts on there now. Uh, so I've been doing that. Um, so yeah, if you're on Facebook, you could... Maybe we'll catch. Maybe we'll catch the attention of Paul Schrader. He's always yeah, on Facebook. Hey, Somebody should send this hey, to Paul and then he'll start, he'll start flaming me on Facebook. No, no press is bad press. Uh, or or whatever, yeah, however that true. goes. Yeah. Uh, check out the Twitch, twitch.tv slash Um This this will be in the past, but I'll be streaming tonight because I have to raid. But uh, And then do a YouTube search for Denigro TV. We put all the podcasts there and stream archives when I decide to stream. Uh, and I'll, as always, the email, uh, video at denigro.co check out our spotify 2021 playlist there's a lot of good music on there um yeah that's it we'll see you next week that's it